Welcome back to Recruiter Insights. This is a podcast made by recruiters to give you some insights. Today, we have Jinli Chan, founder of Kokova, a business that was started to serve cocoholics with all-natural, high-quality dark chocolate. Thanks, Jinli, for joining us today. I know we had some technical difficulties, but thanks for bearing with us. Um, so yeah, actually, you know, today we wanted to just talk more about you, your career journey, as well as your current job. But actually, it's your own business, Kokova. So if you could maybe walk us through your career journey and then tell us, you know, how you came to be here today um, mm. with Kokova. Yeah. Mm. No problem. Thank you, Andrea and Wendy, for having me today. Uh, it's been a pleasure. So basically, my career journey, it's, I, I think that everything happened by chance uh, because after Form 5, I happened to be introduced to mass communication and then I took a mass communication course in KDU College. Uh, and then after that, I was supposed to do a degree, but then by chance, a friend had, some, had somebody who knew uh, somebody in Astro. So there's an opening as Yeah, so I was like, oh, big company. Okay, yes. uh, yeah. why I shouldn't let this opportunity pass? Mm-hmm. So I decided to join. And then for, from the original plan of staying one year, I ended up staying like 15 years. <laughs> so I never did my degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I basically spent 10 years in TV production, working on mainly live programs such as Classic Golden Melody and uh, Miss Astro Pageant. Mm. And I was uh, from a director's assistant, I became a TV director. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that was a very fun part of my life. You were the person behind the scene, right? Yes. Audience, we only see what is in front of the program. So then after that, after production, I moved into another department, uh, which was animation content creation. And I stayed there for about five years. Oh, wow. Animation. Uh, That must have been quite different from your first job in Astro. Not no. entirely different. Uh, so I was in live action previously. Mm-hmm. Live action, which is like shooting with the cameras. So that animation is cartoons, right? So mm. uh, however, in terms of content creation, you still go through like a brainstorming, you still do scripts, you still mm. do pre-production. It's just that the production end is, is a different medium. I see. Yeah, but then by that time, my role was a bit different. So mm. I was more of like an executive producer in a sense. So we worked with animation studios uh, and basically I kind of like oversaw everything. Mm. Yeah. I also learned how to like negotiate deals in that role. So that was actually like um, a very interesting role that where it introduced me into the world of business actually. Right. Yeah. Okay. And how did that transition into your journey in Kokoba? Um, actually, there's like no linkage whatsoever. <laughs> it just happened that... After 15 years so in Astro. it wasn't planned. No, yeah. it was definitely not planned. I'm not somebody who has always been thinking of like uh, starting a business. So it just so happened that after 15 years in Astro, I felt like, okay, uh, I should try something new. Uh, get out of this environment. It was a very good environment, but mm-hmm. I didn't want my first job to, to be my last job kind of thing. So, mm. so I felt like, let's uh, explore something else. And I was actually job hunting oh. uh, at that time. And then it just so happened that... Uh, I bumped into my ex-partner at mm. that time and she wanted to start this chocolate business. And I felt like, ooh, I love chocolates. Mm. I'm looking for something new. Mm. Uh, while I'm still young, mm. 
let me try and if I fail I can always go back into employment yeah yeah wow. so that so was that basically was a, the thinking a risk that you had to take right yes yeah mm. yeah and I wasn't like young young lah right mm. but at least um I felt like I'm still young enough to search for a job if it fails like after a few years if it really fails um at least I have tried it and there won't be a what if moment right so it just felt like the timing was right um the idea was right because i love chocolates like since i was a kid whenever you go to the chocolate desserts level. yeah anything chocolate i'll be going for it like at a buffet right. i'll mm. come up with everything chocolate mm. um and like ice cream flavors definitely chocolate so this was like a dream come true kind of thing right nice. like yeah did so, you want to quit your job in order to go into this new venture or it started small as a side hustle first before you move into this direction? Yeah, so I didn't have to quit my job, but I chose to quit my job. So at that time, because I was already looking out, I was ready to leave my job already. Mm. Um, and then it so happened that this came. Uh, of course, it was a very difficult decision to make as to whether do I leave my stable corporate job which pays well, has good benefits. Um, I mean, as, as stressful as it was, it's nothing compared to what I'm going through now <laughs> as, an, as a business owner. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it did, it did take, a, I would say, quite a lot of courage. Uh, but I did have a lot of support and encouragement from my family. Mm. And so that helped to make me make that decision. Right. And, uh, and also one, one uh, train of thought that I had was if I don't quit and jump into this, I won't be driven to make this successful. Because I was I will always have that safety net. Mm. Right? Like and there's money here, there's the stable jobs, then, yeah. then this will just be like a side project. Whereas right. if I'm fully dependent on this as an income, I will die die make it work kind fully of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Actually that's a really good point of not starting it as a side hustle so that you will dedicate everything. So if it doesn't work out, it's not because, oh, I was too busy with something else. Exactly. I couldn't focus on it. No, like take, take that variable out of it. Mm, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Tell us about Cocoa. So it's about chocolate, right? So, yep. Yeah, so Cocoa basically started with the idea that um, we couldn't find any good hot chocolate or cold chocolate drinks in the market, in Malaysian market. Uh, so a lot of the chocolate drinks that I try in cafes are very artificial or overly sweet, mm. right? And you don't really taste like a proper chocolate flavor. Mm. Um, so that was the initial idea. So we started by creating, trying to create a chocolate drink. And then from there, we actually branched out into different products. So now I have like chocolate buttons, which are little like 50 cent coin uh, chocolates. So you can actually they're multi-purpose. You can either snack on them, or you can melt them to make a drink, or you can bake with them. Oh, yeah. can I bake also? Yes. Because the first time I heard about cocoa, I think Andrea brought it to office and said, you know, this is actually a chocolate drink, and it looks mm. like button. I thought, mm. oh, it was a snack. Right. Yeah. So uh, we also have chocolate coated nuts, mm. uh, and then a spread like a Nutella spread. So oh yes, that's really spread. good. Yeah. Should try that. Yeah. It's one of our best sellers. Mm. Uh, and then like chocolate chilled chocolate drinks, also one of our best sellers. Mm, essentially, those are our main product ranges. Mm. Um, and we also do a lot of gift sets, corporate gifting, festive gifting. Uh, we I recently ventured into dog gifting as well. So oh. for weddings or corporate events. Mm. Yeah. 
That's really cool. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to backtrack a bit. When you started this business, I mean, with your partner then, what were some things you needed to consider before doing it? Because like, okay, you had the idea, but I think to set it up, you need to look into a lot of aspects, right? Like, I mean, where do you get the funding from? Like, was it like your own capital or you needed to like somehow find a grant somewhere? And like, yeah, what are the aspects you need to consider when you start a business? Mm. Yeah. So definitely funding was the biggest thing mm. that we had to think about, right? So already I decided to quit my job. She was she also quit her job. Mm. So yeah, both of us we decided like okay, let's go All in. This, yeah, full time. Both taking risks. Yeah. Oh, she was also on the verge of quitting. So it, mm. it just like just I said, it just happened right. like timing was right. right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we funded it with our own savings. Mm. And then um what other considerations would be like where how do we even start this, right? Like yeah what should we call it what's the logo gonna be like what's yes. the packaging mm. what's the or even before that like the product the actual product yes. the R&D so that actually took us quite a few months to go back and forth uh, at the beginning we tried to do it ourselves mm. in our home kitchen and then we very quickly realized that it's not feasible uh, simply because it's a very tedious process and it takes up a lot of time and by the time you're done with the production you basically don't have any more extra brain space to think about marketing, sales, and all mm. the other aspects of the business that is needed to make it sustainable. Right. So in the end, we found a manufacturer and we we're working with a manufacturer. Mm. So they basically help us with the production. Essentially, we outsource the production mm. so that we can focus on the branding, the sales, the marketing. Right. Yeah. Um, just curious. I mean, this is not asking for your secret recipe or anything like that, but more like, did you have to like try it yourself like try to source for the cocoa stuff yourself cocoa beans is that what you call it i have no idea cocoa sorry <laughs> yeah. is it cocoa cacao cacao oh yeah, my goodness so cocoa. Like, yeah. generally it's um the, the the general market calls it cacao before uh, it's processed so it's like a cacao pot and I cacao see. beans and then after processing it becomes cocoa Oh, oh, so it's after uh, processing. It's, it's very subjective, lah. <laughs> but that's the general market. Some okay. people are like, there's no difference between cacao and cocoa. Right. Yeah. Okay, lah. So, did you have to like source for the cacao first? And then, do you like sample try all these things and then kind of like, like I don't know, yeah, produce like locally it? Locally sourced or yeah, yeah. So most of them are locally sourced. Uh-huh. Um, we try to focus on. Malaysian cacao, if possible, because mm. we want to support local. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Good. So most of the products are Malaysian, except for one of them or two of them now. Yeah. Mm. That are, uh, but still within Asia. Right. So I don't, I don't go for like Belgium or Madagascar or Peru mm. or any of those um, mm. countries. So it's all within Asian. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So how did the idea of the button come about? Uh, so originally it was a uh, cocoa powder. Because we wanted to make a drink, right? So yes. it's very normal that you use cocoa powder. Yes. But after a few rounds of R&D with our manufacturer, then it, t- we were not happy with the, the taste and it was just very powdery when you make mm. it into a drink. Like, mm. right? The texture was not great. Yeah. So then we decided to make it into buttons, which are essentially chocolates already. Right, so with uh, because with cocoa powder, the cocoa butter is pressed out. There's no cocoa butter in it, so there's no fat. Oh. So which is why it's dry. Dry, yes. Oh. Yeah. So when you when you drink the chocolate, it's doesn't taste as smooth. Like, like, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You need a fat, right? So, um, with the buttons, then it's essentially chocolate, which you melt down and then you add milk. 
Right, so there is that fat that gives you that ah. creaminess. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. And then in the end, it turned out like, eh, the buttons are quite interesting because you can also bake, you can also um, mm. snack on them. Because some of our customers, they just purchase and snack. Um, essentially, it's easier than a chocolate bar. Because the chocolate bar, you have like the you four have to break it. Yeah, yeah, you have to break it and have it like very difficult to keep it back. Yes. Right. Yeah, then whereas our buttons come in like resealable bags. Right. So you can actually just pop one into your handbag and then whenever you need a pick-me-up in the middle of the day or mm. you, like if you're at the gym it's after a workout. Good for if you're on the go Exactly. Well. Yeah, exactly. And is it only one type of chocolate, i.e. dark chocolate, or do you also do, I don't know, what milk chocolate? Yeah, people have different opinions, right? What's real chocolate and what's not. But yes, uh, what kind of chocolate do you all like? Okay, so Cocoa focuses on coverture chocolate. So coverture chocolate is the opposite of compound chocolate. Okay. Yeah, so compound chocolate is, uh, I would say, what is readily available in the market. Okay. Um, most of the big brands, they are doing compound chocolate. So, which means they use, instead of cocoa butter, most of them use palm oil or uh, some oh. other replacement oil okay. right, for that fat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, because cocoa butter is very expensive. So, to reduce cost, they use those um, alternative oils. But then, it kind of like gives that artificial flavor and um, you're not eating like real chocolate. Lah, mm. Right? So... Uh, coverture chocolate has a much higher percentage of cocoa butter compared to compound chocolate and uh, we only use cocoa butter in our chocolates. I see. Yeah. Okay. So it's just pure premium chocolate. Yes, it's premium. Premium just, and pure. Premium. Yeah. So I'm just curious because you went into this without any experience. Uh, what would you say would be some of the valuable experience or skills that you learned in your corporate days that would be applicable to where you are today in running a business? In terms of definitely the industry was entirely new to me. Yeah. Right. Okay. And entertainment also, media. Yeah. Yeah. Food. Yeah. So I had to learn from scratch and, and everything about the chocolate industry. Uh, I had also never run a business before. However, um, thankfully in my previous role in the animation in the uh, role I did, I was exposed to certain aspects of running a business because I worked with startups. Oh. So yeah, that in that role I was the investor in Astro. Mm. So we were looking for new projects to invest in. So I basically learned about uh, business funding, about pitching, um, oh. about somewhat about like how do you write a business plan. Uh, so those I feel like those basically helped to um, give me like a little foundation into what I am venturing into. Yeah. Mm, okay, those were some transferable skills that you had at that time. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so, I mean, to whoever out there nowadays, like, you know, starting a business seems like a cool idea nowadays and everybody wants to start their own business. Um, uh, maybe can you share, you know, some of the um, challenges that you face um, as an entrepreneur that, you know, those, for just to share this for those who are considering going into starting their own business and, you know, it's not always easy. Um, yeah. Like you say, in corporate, you get your salary on time, everything was stable. But starting a business, you have to do everything from marketing to production to sales and BD and all that. Yeah, could you share? Sure. So I'll just say it's, it looks cool, but it's not cool. <laughs> I think you definitely it sounds very fun at the beginning stage, right? Uh, it's always very fun to start something new. Yeah. Uh, yes. So we had a lot of fun, like, oh, bring something about the name, the product names, the logo, and all that. Yep. But then after a few months of running a business and reality sinks in, 
And then you're like, okay, how do I actually make this a sustainable business? Mm. I think that is one part that a lot of um, a lot of business owners like when they just jump into a business, they don't think of the long term, right? Because you need to make sure you earn enough to pay yourself a salary and to like continue yes. growing yeah. the business. And then if you're gonna expand, you want to hire a team, you want to make sure you can pay them a salary. Yeah. Uh, so. It definitely comes with a lot more stress in comparison to being in employment. So mm. when I was in employment, all I had to do was just complete my job and then go home. Even though sometimes I do work like after hours, but mm. it's nothing compared to what I'm doing now. Mm. Right. So you're constantly figuring things out. Yes. Right? Yeah. And but I would say it's work life integration now. Mm. Uh, because like it's uh, the business is already a very big part of me and mm-hmm. everywhere i go everybody i meet could be a potential integration somehow a potential client a potential partner or maybe like a, a potential network that i could link with and your mind like at the back of your mind you're just constantly on the lookout yeah right so right now do you have a team and if yes like how big is your team right now in Kokoba? yeah so my ex-partner decided to leave the business last year. Oh no. Yeah, I know. She uh, decided to go back into employment. So then I was uh, running it alone for a few months and then I managed to hire a team. So now I have two full-timers and a few freelancers and some part-timers who come in to help to pack orders. Right. Yeah. So essentially the main core team would be the three of us. Yeah. And we have, I have some interns here and there. So essentially, it's the three of us, the main core team. Uh, one of them looks at marketing. The other one looks at business development. Mm. Yeah. So it's quite a lean team, actually. Yes. Just yes. a few of you. Um, and of course, you have your own uh, manufacturer. So mm-hmm. production is sort of taken outsourced. care of. Yes, mm-hmm. Packaging and all also outsourced? Or your doing yeah, so we, we will provide the packaging mm. to the manufacturer. And oh. then they will pack. So I think it's better that way because they have a proper facility right in terms of hygiene in terms of the manpower the resources mm, they have a much bigger team the, right yeah. so i would rather you know in terms of after manufacturing immediately it goes into the packaging so you minimize any form of uh, infection or yeah, yeah for sure i think one thing that i'm picking up from you is that you really need to know your stuff I think, I mean, when you, before you started this business, probably you didn't know everything, right? But you had to spend a lot of time, I believe, researching, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is making food, right? And people are going to consume it. Uh, I mean, it's a drink, but you know, so it's edible, right? So then, I mean, would you say that, it, because it sounds like you, how many years has it been already? Uh? We just hit three years. Three years. So in these three years, probably you, it, I mean, it just, it sounds like you kind of, know everything already in that way or do you still feel like there's a lot of things you don't you still don't know yeah there's still a lot of things that i'm still figuring (laughs) out like i think you're just constantly um trying to figure things out and also innovate Mm. you just can't stay still because um the market is constantly evolving and uh there are always new competitors popping up but just recently i noticed like so many new chocolate companies are coming up Mm. and i'm like oh okay that's interesting so uh you just need to like constantly be a a step ahead of your competitors um to try and like do something different yeah what would be your latest product right now uh so my latest product would be actually a festive product a limited edition uh product for christmas 
So it's a chocolate spoon. Basically, it's a wooden spoon with chocolate at the bottom and then some marshmallows. I'm trying to imagine. Okay, so the spoon doesn't dissolve lah. No, no, it's a wooden <laughs> spoon. Okay, so you're buying a spoon but got chocolate lah. Yeah, so the chocolate oh, is stuck onto it, like a, uh. a block of chocolate. Uh. And then there are some marshmallows on top. So it, it's quite common in European countries, I think. Uh. But maybe not so much here. So the idea is that you just put it into hot milk and you stir and the chocolate will melt. Mm. It's a process and an experience. It's not Milo like... A convenient drink where you just put your powder in, put hot water, and immediately you get a drink. Uh, okay. So this one it will take t- take time to melt, right? right? You, because it's a block of chocolate. Yeah. Right. So, and your milk can't be too hot mm. because milk when it's too hot it curdles. Yeah. So, but essentially it's hot milk. You put it in, you stir it. It will slowly melt, and then like you can also lick your spoon as you're <laughs> stirring, right? It's part of the whole experience. Sounds good. Yeah. And then in the end, you basically get a cup of hot chocolate with marshmallows. So mm. it's a very festive, Christmassy kind of um, experience that you can share with your friends. Right. Um, I As you were talking about milk, can you have this with like alternatives to milk? Like oat milk or almond milk? Yes. As well? Yes. So I recently found out I'm lactose intolerant. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> but it's alright. I'm okay without dairy. Uh, mm. But all of my products, except for the chocolate drink right now, um, all the chocolates are actually vegan, dairy-free. Oh, yeah. okay. So you can make them with any milk of your own choice. Or some of my customers say they just make it with hot water. No, uh, if they want more of the chocolatey, like just chocolate taste. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So I used to make mine with normal milk, but now I realize I'm lactose intolerant, so mm. I make mine with oat milk. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I'm just curious, like in your business, who would be your target audience? Like consumer like this, or do you also work with like you know B two the those F and B outlets mm-hmm. out there, cafes who will also take in some of the products? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my business is uh, both B two B and B two C. So for B two B, I work with cafes. There are a few cafes that are taking our products um, to use as their hot chocolate, cold chocolate. So there's Wangi's Bakery in the Jaya. Mm. There's Grand Coffee in the Masara Uptown. Uh, there's one in Penang called Constant Gardener. They're also taking oh, our wow, chocolates. Penang also. Yeah. Penang too. Yeah. yeah. So our chocolates are, are, they don't require refrigeration. So I can actually deliver them all the way. I've delivered them to as far as Australia. Yeah. Wow. And they arrive in perfect condition. Oh, mm. nice. Can I ask a really small sciencey question? Like, like, why wouldn't the chocolate melt under like the hot sun or, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it under hot sun, yes, it will melt. It will melt. I, no, I'm not saying it won't melt at all. Okay. It will. Uh, but it's also because it's not like the fresh chocolate, not like truffles or Nama chocolates or right. bonbons. Those require constant refrigeration. I see. Yeah. So these are like chocolate bars. Essentially, it's a chocolate it's a bar, bar in a different form. So chocolate bars, you see when they display on the shelves in the grocers, it's also just on the shelves. Yeah. It's not in a fridge. It's... Right? So it's that lah. So just room temperature is okay. However, um, when you if there's a constant change in temperature, then it will cause blooming. Blooming oh. in the chocolate. So do you know what blooming no. is? It's nothing bad. It's a very mm-hmm. natural process. It's mm-hmm. just that the fat in the chocolate will will surface oh so your chocolate has like white-ish layer oh yeah so it's, it's okay, nothing bad it doesn't one. affect the taste at all oh. it just doesn't look pretty uh, okay yeah. okay learn something new today yeah. about chocolate yeah 
Um, in your, I mean, because you've been running this for three years, mm-hmm. and this is your full time job, but you're also a full time mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how do you juggle your? I don't know. We call it work life balance, right? But yeah, how do you juggle your business life and your family life? Yeah, it's quite a challenge, I would say. Um, especially during the pandemic, it was extremely challenging. Um, simply because there was no separation, right? Everything mm. was gelled in yeah. together, and also the, during the pandemic, that was when we first started. So we actually got off to a very slow start. I would say we didn't grow as fast as I hoped so to be. Um, but I think I did the best as I what I could during given the circumstances. Mm. So because my kids were having online classes, I couldn't use my laptop during the day, mm. or even if I could, they kept pestering me, or mm. I had to sit with them for classes. So essentially, I could only work at night after they had gone to bed. Oh. So my working hours were like ten p.m. to two a.m. every day for like six months wow. to eight months. And those are not my most productive hours, right? Mm. You're already so tired. By 10 p.m., I'm ready to sleep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I basically got very, very little work done during those six months, to six to eight months. Um, now, definitely, it's much better. Mm. So, they're back to school. And I have a team already, right? So, mm. I do try to delegate as much as I can. And I make it a point now that I don't try my very best not to work after work. Right. So in the past, I would always, after the kids go to bed, I'm still be on my laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's more like after work, go home, dinner, and then spend time with the kids. I coach them on their homework, mm-hmm. and then it's bedtime, and then I need to make sure I get enough sleep as well. Right. Yeah. Because I recently realized as well, like if I don't get enough sleep, I can't perform the next yeah, day. Yeah, you can't be productive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no point staying up late. Mm-hmm. I would rather wake up early the next day. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. What keeps you motivated? What keeps me motivated? I would say, um, in a sense, like it's the inspiration that I get from my grandma. Mm. So she started a business as mm. a single mom of oh, five, wow. right? So back then, in those days, um, I would say, maybe it wasn't as challenging as now. Mm. I think in those days, if you had a good product, word of mouth just yeah. you know helps well, to spread it. In right? the food business. Yeah, she was also in the food business. Mm. Uh, but now, like, having a good product is not good enough. Your marketing mm-hmm. has to be really yep. good, you know. Yep. You have to put yourself out there. Uh, so, but essentially, she was a single mom of five. And um, I'm sure she had a lot of difficult days, right? Mm-hmm. So, my mom would say, like, oh, she used to, you know, stand outside the restaurant and beg people to come in, oh, wow. please try my food. And they'd be so happy if they got one table of customers. Mm-hmm. And now, after what, almost 30 years or 40 years, like the restaurant is still running and it's, it's doing very well. Mm-hmm. There are queues outside the restaurant yeah. now. So it just basically keeps me motivated and inspired that, you know, my grandma could do it as a single mom of five. Yeah. yeah. I'm basically just going through what she used to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just need to persevere. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, things will, you know, go well. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's... That's quite inspiring. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, to, to have... I and mean, I guess that's that's good, right? Like, if you have someone that you look up to in your life, mm. like, that kind of helps you as well. Yeah. yeah. So, in terms of your product, where do you sell it? On a platform? Or is it like a physical retail store? Mm. Both. I have both an e-commerce online store. So, mm-hmm. uh, cocova.co. You can purchase that. 
and we do deliveries or else you can self-pickup at our retail store which is in Dhamma Zarajaya. Mm. So uh, it's a little tiny retail store where you can walk in, try some samples. So we have customers who are like, I feel I want to purchase, but I've never tried chocolates before. I'm not sure. So feel free. We are always welcoming customers to come, oh. try samples, and then you can make a purchase there. Mm. Uh, otherwise, uh, some customers purchase online and they opt to self-pickup. Like they don't want to pay for delivery. Yeah, yeah that's fine too. So, um, other than that, I'm also in grocers like Cura, Q-R-A. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, there's another one called Clean Eating Grocer. So, this is like Oh, yeah. One. That's yeah. also near your... Yeah, it's just across shop. the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the Hive Bok Foods. I don't know if you know the Hive yes. Bok Foods. Ah, yeah. So, we're yeah. there as well. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Cool. So, what is the biggest lesson you have learned as an entrepreneur? The biggest lesson I would say is that you really need to be uh, very mentally strong and confident and believe in yourself. Because I think self-doubt comes in very, very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, maybe especially. So uh, to believe in yourself and like to have that mental strength to continue and persevere and and trust that you are doing what you can to make things work. Right? And I think like knowing when to pivot as well. So it's a lot of experimenting and uh, sometimes if this doesn't work, then you gotta fail faster and pivot, right? If you continue down that road, if it doesn't work, then eventually, yeah, you're gonna lose out. So you need to know when to pivot, yeah. Right. There was something I wanted to ask you. Um, I mean, now that it's been three years with Kokova, where do you see this business heading? Or like, what I, what's your goal moving forward? Yeah, so um, I've always said like, my goal is to export one day, mm. hopefully, um, to basically make Kokova a global brand. Yeah. Yeah, a globally recognized brand. Yeah. That was my cool. goal. Yeah, well, we will continue to support you and hopefully you. you can reach that goal. Um, so yeah, you've got, I mean, Christmas is just around the corner. So you've mm-hmm. got your Christmas collection. Any plans for CNY, which is like next month already? Yeah, yeah, because... we already finalized our CNY plans. So okay. we're doing our photo shoot today, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but basically for CNY, we have our best-selling chocolate chip pecan cookies, ah. which we've been selling for like three years already, two, three years. Um, so they're they're very, very popular um, and we only launched them during CNY. Mm. So yeah. Okay, can we can look forward to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, last... maybe before we end, yeah. I just wanted to ask one last question. Sure. Uh, I wanted you to share, you know, maybe share one advice. Um, yeah, I was going to ask that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. One advice yes. to our audience who are currently either looking for a change in their job or whether to look into moving into entrepreneurship, what would be one advice that you would share with the audience? I would say, um, give it a try. Like, you never know what you're capable of. Mm. So when I was in production, I didn't think I could do anything else because I had spent like 10 years in production, right? And yeah. when I wanted a change of jobs, I was just at a loss. At a loss because I was thinking, I've done this for 10 years. This is all I know to do, right? I can't do anything else. But then it was by chance that I managed to get the animation uh, content creation role. And then, of course, it took some getting used to, but then eventually I grew into the role and, oh, I actually did pretty well there as well. And then when I changed to Kokova, again, it was something new. 
And again, I didn't know what I was doing. But then after a while, yeah, you kind of like adapt to it. So it's basically you, we kind of like tend to underestimate ourselves. So um, yeah, again, believe in yourselves and just give it a try uh, because you never know what you're capable of. Yeah. Give it a try, guys. Give it a try. You know, I'm sure it, I'm sure it was scary for you as well in the beginning, mm-hmm. but you never try, you never know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think side hustles are good too, but I think it, it's also worth considering, you know, taking that risk or taking that leap if you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, and focus on, on something that you are passionate about, I think, and find your source of inspiration as well to keep you motivated, right? Yeah. So yeah, thank you, Jinli, for sharing your journey with us. Uh, we really loved having this conversation with you. And if our listeners would like to purchase something from Kokova, please visit kokova.co or you can visit them at their outlet in Damansara Jaya. And continue to support this business so that Jinli can one day export <laughs> her products. Thank you. So. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, no Jinli. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. That was... Jinli from Kokova sharing her career journey with us. If you're listening to us on Spotify, do follow us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, do rate us five stars and drop us a comment below. You can also follow us on Instagram at recruiter underscore insights.